Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Holistic Living. I'm Tara Davis, and this is our last episode for the year. I am so, so excited to chat with you today. And my super amazing guest, Julie Guthrie, is back with me today to continue our year in review. And we were just chatting about hoping to get through. We left off with uh, we our first episode was January and February. That's all we got through in an hour. And so I don't even know what we're going to get through today, but we are going to do our best in the next 60 minutes to bring you as much opening and as much healing and insight and wisdom as we can bring to you. And I, my prayer is that this all will resonate with you. Well, at least one part will resonate with you and bring you comfort and joy and love. And so Julie, welcome back, dear. (laughs) How fun to be here as always. (laughs) Thank you. And so I just want to start with, um, I have listened today to a podcast from Tara Brock, and if you've ever listened to her, you know how profound her teachings are. She, you can find her podcast on iTunes. It's T-A-R-A, just like mine, and Brock, like the candy, B-R-A-C-H. Um, and she teaches from the Buddhist teachings. She's a psychologist. She podcasts once a week on some kind of incredible wisdom. Today's was kindness, and it just really resonated with me, all the levels of kindness that she brought forward, and I wanted to kind of tap that into what we are going to talk about today. And she talked about not only kindness within ourselves, but how that kindness that we show to us through our thoughts, through our words, through our actions to ourselves, once we start to do that, will overflow to others. It's the default of showing ourselves kindness. You know, I mean, gosh, we all shit talk ourselves sometimes, right? I mean, God, Julie, I know you can totally relate just as much as me. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a, a, a friend of mine, well, a past boyfriend once, who used to be so kind, and he would say, stop talking. About I wouldn't let anyone else talk about you like that. Why are you talking? About I'm not going to let you talk about yourself. Oh, <laughs> right? Like, stop smack somebody if they said about you. <laughs> yes, and it's that talk. So just even starting with that piece, that key piece of our self-talk, being kind, because then once we get into that habit, it just continually overflows into, okay, well, how can I be kinder to my body? Well, this isn't as kind as I want to be. How can I be more kind? And then how can I be, show my self-kindness in other ways? And then that kindness, you get so used to that feeling of love and gentleness 
then you get to overflow. And also, here's the flip side of kindness. It also allows you to set boundaries. Because if you feel that someone else isn't being kind to you the way that you've learned to be kind to yourself, it brings in that boundary piece of, oh, I don't like how you talk to me. That doesn't feel good. Or I don't like when you do that. That doesn't feel good. So it also allows us to create boundaries, which role with creating boundaries. Uh, it's not something that I was really brought up with of creating my own boundaries. And so that has been a challenge for me. Julie, how about you? Oh, definitely. Um, it's hard to put a line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. To, um, tolerate or, you know, there's certain things that you see in other people. Like for me, I would go along with, gossip or back talk or you know it just because you're trying to just fit in with that certain group or fit into the conversation and so being able to put a boundary down and say that's just not right or I know that person and that's not something I want to be part of um, it's mm. hard it takes practice right it does take practice because you don't always know what the reception is going to be or the backlash, and you have to be prepared for it. You have to be okay taking it. Yeah, some mm. people don't, you know, and, and it, we've talked about before, but people will fall away. You know, there are just going to be people that you or just will not be able to maintain in your circle because you mm-hmm. can constantly hitting that boundary with them. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, kindness. We can have a whole podcast on that. Okay, let's get started. Um, we left off at the beginning of March, which was surrender, let go of attachment, let go of control. And there's so many, so many levels on this that I want to talk about and touch upon. So I'm going to start with Surrendering, and Julie, I just want you to chime in whenever, um, w- whenever your thoughts come up, and whenever you have stuff to add. So, the first part for me of surrendering has so many different levels because one of my main lessons this time on this planet is patience, which I, I gosh, I've probably mentioned a thousand times on these podcasts. Patience. <laughs> Because I know how I want things to happen, but that's also part of my control. And it's part of letting go and surrendering is having patience. And so putting out to the universe what my desires are and my expectations and my wishes and then letting it go, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't take action and you don't take forward movement, but letting go the outcome, letting go of the result, like putting everything out there into the world, doing your action piece, but also allowing the universe to guide you, even if all of a sudden you take a right turn when you think you could be going left. And so surrendering yeah. and letting go, yeah, of attachment, whoo, that was a big one for me at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I would say that's one for me, too, because I was always the type that would say, um, like, I want to know now. I need to have it solved now. 
um, I, I would just panic about certain things that would or wouldn't happen in a timely way because it's my time frame, you know, not the universe. <laughs> but there's been a couple major things that I've experienced um, that have really helped you with that. And I may have mentioned it on one of our first um, episodes, but there was this whole vision experience that we had to do um, at one of my immersion weekends that I went to. And I'll tell you, when I went over my vision for my future over and over and over, number of times throughout the weekend, I could see it so clearly and feel it, the energy, the smile on my face, like it felt like I was there already. And I think that's what I've started practicing more because I felt, I feel it so deeply in my body <laughs> that I know it's going to happen. So it might not be, it might be three months from now, six months from now, but I know it's happened. Like, I just know that it's going to happen. But I, mm-hmm. I didn't do that before where I really like took myself to that place of where I wanted to go or that goal or that where, whatever it is um, that you're trying to get to. And I think when you can put yourself in that vision, in that dream and feel it, the feeling that comes with that is so powerful. It's it's like it kind of takes away the day-to-day worry and the impatience. It's exciting to think, oh, my God, I'm getting there. Like, I know this is where I'm going to be. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so as we keep going into <clears throat> that piece of surrender and faith, it also calls upon you to, to have this belief and this faith and this creation, there has to be something that you're creating with, right? There has to be, <clears throat> excuse me, that higher power, whatever your belief is, and that higher power, you are surrendering your ideas to this higher power. You're surrendering your control. Because if it were just up to you, oh my God, how, just for me, it almost creates anxiety thinking I am the only one that's in control and I have to make everything happen. That is just crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, it, it almost like leaves me flailing, you know, because, oh my God, I got to make everything happen. And so to allow myself, yeah, ugh, just talking about it, I'm like, ah, I have to allow myself to know that there is a higher power orchestrating everything else that is in play for me. And so what it also does is releases judgment. And I got to the place of realizing this again, through one of my acupuncture appointments, I was in there and I was really working on surrender. It was during the month of March that I was working on it. And so I had gone in and I was all needled up and he was, you know, working and doing craniosacral as I was laying on the table as well. And I didn't realize there was another key piece to my husband that I was still trying to control. And God love that man. He has been one of the biggest teachers of my life without even trying. Like he has no clue of the biggest flipping teacher he has been because all of my, not all of my lessons, I will say a majority of my lessons have come from just being in relationship with him. And so I didn't realize 
like I thought I let, let go of control over him a long time ago or control over what he does or says or whatever. But there was an enormous piece that almost my body was like shuddering. And so I didn't know what I was letting go of, but my whole being, as I was laying on the table, realized, and I just kept hearing, let go of him, let go of him. And I started crying because I thought, oh, my God, what am I letting go of? I can't do this. Like, it was so scary to me. I was shuddering in fear of I didn't know what I was letting go of, but I knew simultaneously that I had to let go whatever it was that I was still holding on to. And so that particular session of acupuncture was truly like a ceremony of letting go on all these levels. Again, I didn't know. I just knew there were so many levels. I was still holding attachment to him that I had to say goodbye to and that I had to let go of and release and that was so powerful to know that in that piece of surrender, in that month that I was really conscious of surrendering, all this showed up for me, one of the key pieces being that when we hold on to someone's behavior and hold on to them in a subconscious manner or even a conscious manner, you're controlling their behavior and you're not allowing them to be them, plus it's control within. It's crazy, isn't it? What it can do? It is. Um, so that's bringing up another aspect of when you talk about controlling someone else's behavior. One thing that's been a surrender to me is when I speak, I would be so able to say something really bold and honest for fear of how the other person would react or that it's going to hurt feelings or make waves, whatever. Um, now I've just said, I'm robbing that person of their reaction to my truth, and I'm not allowing them to experience what it is I'm trying to say or convey. So I'm sort of surrendered the outcome of the words that I say. You know, mm. I, this, is, this is the honest truth, and whatever happens with that is, you know, they have to take responsibility for that. They have to be able to experience it. They need to be able to react to it in their own way. So I was trying to almost control their emotions uh-huh. by not speaking up. Yeah. So it's, you can or say to somebody, oh, I wish you would do that. I wish you could do that. But also, you know, on the flip side of that is like not sharing truth with somebody is robbing them of their responsibility and their ability to, to deal with it. It is. And emotions. Right. And I remember, gosh, years ago in therapy, um, that was one of the key pieces that we learned that when we aren't speaking our truth or we're afraid because of someone else's reaction, we are robbing them of we're still we're in control when we're not really telling them what we want to say like what our truth is we are controlling their behavior and it took me a while to wrap my head around that because I thought how am I controlling him I'm not saying anything but god you right. the nail on the head yeah yeah and I didn't understand that because and you know it's that whole here we are you know or me at least running around having all these thoughts and feelings and resentments and angers or whatever it is and 
I'm not expressing them. And I'm looking at this person thinking, you're not, you know, doing the mind read here, <laughs> understanding uh-huh. what I'm going through. So if I just speak it and not worry about it, it, it might hurt feelings. It probably will cause them to hurt and feel it. But how they feel is not my responsibility. That's a surrender, too, in and of itself, right? Just saying yeah. how somebody responds to what I'm saying is not my responsibility. Because you can't save everyone from suffering. <laughs> They're just right. going to be suffering. Everyone's going to suffer. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I value somebody calling me to the carpet. If mm-hmm. I'm being in, however I'm being, call me out on it. I would rather hear that than be appeased. So. Yeah, and you know what? The more that you and I talk and get deeper into the truths of who we are, the more interesting it is because as I'm listening to you talk and I'm loving all the pieces that you're saying because I don't know that there's not a person on this planet that can't relate to what we're talking about. It is not the easiest road to travel, to really be able to show up in our truth and be able to show up with that piece of surrender because it's also vulnerability. You are being vulnerable. It might be the scariest thing on the planet to show your vulnerability and you don't know how someone else is going to react. It's also showing up with that um, willingness to learn in the moment. It's almost like a play-by-play, like you have no clue of what's going to come of this. All you know is that you have to speak your truth because if you don't speak your truth, then the thing that happens with that is that it bottles up within you and then it starts to seep out other ways and then you become sarcastic or resentful or spiteful and that's not your truth. Your truth was like two weeks ago when you didn't actually speak your truth. And so it's almost funny... Yeah, it's almost kind of a funny end of what really happens when you don't speak your truth. If we will just speak our truth, we are being truthful. And like you have said, we have no, um, it's not our responsibility how other people act. It's our responsibility to speak our truth. Yeah, and honestly, it's, I think it's, our responsibility for those that are in our world, that are, on a daily basis because that's how, you know, you build trust. And I I don't think I fully understood. I mean, obviously this has been a process for me to come to this point, but I really didn't understand that. It was sort of, don't say, if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And and so you kind of get all these little things in your head where you think, well, that's probably going to hurt their feelings, but it's not intentional hurt because you're not saying, you know, a, a mean jab to a person. You're simply saying, this is how I feel, or this is how I see the situation. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's just being honest, not being mean. (laughs) Right. Right. And if someone says, well, what do you think? You know, it's almost a loaded question that I have learned. Well, well, here's what I think. How, and I almost always am able to turn it back around to help the other person, because really what I think isn't relevant at that point the other person I think is just wanting that input, but I also try to help that person. And I usually say that person being my husband because he's the closest person that I chat with every day. (laughs) And so it's usually helping that other person 
weed through all their thoughts and emotions and figure out how they feel within that situation and helping them find their truth, right? I think that's what we're here to do, not only with ourselves, but with everyone else around us is helping them find their truth as well. Yep. I, I totally believe that. And it's funny how things, um, once you start doing it, once I started doing it, I mean, it started with simple things. I can remember like a year ago, a little over, eh, not quite a year ago, I suppose. I mean, it was one simple thing of saying, no, I do not want to go out to lunch because I want to go home and watch. It was almost robotic how I had to say it because I wanted to say no, but that was the mm-hmm. truth. But mm-hmm. I felt like I could get sucked into going because that's what I would do. Sure, I'll go. You know, and this was with a whole big group, and I really didn't want to go. I just wanted to go watch the Super Bowl. I mean, it was something really dumb and small that started just one small thing. But now it's grown to where I can say things that I, oh, my gosh, I never would have said before. I never would have been that honest before. Right. Um, and how does it, it feel when you're right. honest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels so good. And you know what, what I'm finding, though, is, um, like, even at home here, Sometimes I come across as um, so nonchalant that it's like, do you even care? I'm like, oh, I do, but I just, you know, that's, that's how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not upset about it. Or before, I would just be in tears and then retract my statement. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. You know, I take it back. I take it back. I never should have said that. That's just wrong. No, mm-hmm. just own it. Just say it. <laughs> and like you said, right? surrender the outcome. It is to be however they perceive it and work through it or not or whatever the fallout is be willing to deal Mm. with it and it's how we grow as humans I think that growth piece is also so important because who wants to be stagnant I mean you know I say that question hypothetically but I do know that there are people who don't want to grow and who don't want to move forward and that is their choice I think for me that just feels personally Again, I have no judgment on whoever doesn't want to grow. For me, I, that just feels stagnant and yucky. I don't know other, another word for it for me. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel, you know, they, right. And don't you almost feel, at least for me, I feel almost tightness, like a noose or chest or weight or something like, oh, I just got to get out of here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I say, I'm. I am here today. I'm so different than I was a year ago, certainly two years ago. Oh my gosh. And in, you know, two years from now, I hope to even look different. Mm. Uh, like it just is a process. So. And this brings us to gratitude, which was the next piece, the attitude of gratitude. And we have just kind of talked about it a little bit already today, but, um, I remember what, what uh, sparked the post for me was Dr. Christiane Northrup had done a year-long daily post on her Instagram. It was like maybe 15 seconds to 30 seconds of what she was grateful for that day. And it could have been something super simple as, you know, one of, the, one of her flowers had bloomed that day or she had been gone all day long from work. And thought that there was nothing in the fridge and got home and there was actually something in the fridge to eat. Or it could have been, you know, at a greater magnitude. But there was something every single day that she found gratitude for. Oh, I remember one time, so she lives in Maine. And they had this ginormous 
snowstorm, the power was out. And so she was so thankful for like warm, fuzzy socks that day. And she had had wood for her fireplace. And so it was simple, basic things that really sparked me to think, right, the more that we realize what we are grateful for, the more that shows up rather than looking at the world through resentment or God, what is going to go wrong today? Or, Oh, today is another day looking at it through the eyes of gratitude. And when I started to break that down I and realized how grateful I was for snarky moments for someone else because they actually showed up as a teaching tool for me. And so I looked at it from that perspective of shit. Okay. That did not feel good or whatever that person did was not good. So what is it for me that I'm supposed to be learning out of this? And so I would turn it around and realize that I was grateful for whatever had happened because it was a learning tool for me. So I know Julie, that you had talked about gratefulness and gratitude when we first started today, just chatting about grateful. Yeah. Um, well, and isn't it funny how gratitude shows up? And like you just said, taking the lesson out of things. I thought of two things as you were telling that story. One, um, I'm going to go on a limb here and share something of gratitude that like it has recently struck me, probably in the last week. Um, and kind of personal, but let's just go, there, you know? So mm. gratitude. You know, people, like you said, everybody, some of the people around us are our greatest teachers, and we have to take lessons from those things we experience or those people we encounter. There's always something to come out of it good, right? And Mm. sometimes you never see the gratitude that's going to come out of it. You would never think there's anything to be grateful for as you're going through a situation or you're encountering whatever it is you're going through. Um, So recently, I had a big one. Um, so when I, um, you know, which what I'm going to say, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, so my husband's ex-wife, I really, it's been a, it's been an up and down thing, an up and down relationship for sure. Um, and honestly, it was just easy for me over the years to just have a lot of hate and resentment. Um, The more work I did on myself and the more I kept hearing people say, when you're triggered by somebody else, it's something that's being set off in you. And I kept thinking, I kind of don't even get that. Like that ticks me off, but I don't do that. Or, but what I started to realize, the more, the better I became with me and the more I've grown, I am like, what is this last missing piece? I feel angry about, I don't hate anyone. But what I found is I found gratitude her in my life because it was a big, fat, mirror, mirror moment that I wasn't even looking for. It was like I saw so many similarities, but it was easier for me to maybe dislike her because that would um, make me feel better about where I am in our marriage or anything like that. throughout all the difficulties, it would make me feel better disliking her because I could justify being upset about everything. Um, 
But mirror, mirror moment and gratitude. I am so grateful because what I finally was able to do is say, I look at this person and I see a lot of myself. And never would I have admitted that before. But I'm grateful because it's made me look at myself and appreciate, okay, probably if we met on the street, we would be friends. And I have to be thankful that she's pointed out, unbeknownst to her, um, things in me that I kind of wanted to tweak. And it also has given me the ability to look at her in a completely new light. And it's almost like as quickly as I realized that, any anger or resentment or anything I felt, just it like vanished, evaporated. Like there's nothing there anymore. It's crazy. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense because I'm trying to like explain it without too much. Um, but I'll tell you something. If there's somebody that's really triggering you in your life, if you want to find gratitude around it, think really hard, <laughs> dig deep because probably something in you and when you do that the release of that anger frustration fills you with gratitude because you say oh my gosh thank you for being a teacher in my life I had no clue that you were in my world for a reason like okay there it is and I it's like a weight was lifted off I'm like huh I'm done that whole all this stuff that I've been harboring around for all these years it's over what's done I love that story. I love it because I can completely relate to it. And I know what you're saying about seeing um, the mirror, that moment. There is like that nanosecond of, oh, my God, now I know. Like this huge moment of, aha, I see. I see exactly what you're in my life for. And that gratitude moment can also be overwhelming of, oh, my God, I used to hate you so much, and now I just love you because you have taught me so much and so many lessons. How could I ever hate you? (laughs) I know, and it's almost being able to appreciate a person on a new level and also say, uh, I was kind of quick to, you know, harbor some ill feelings toward this person, but really I'm almost, hating on myself because what I'm seeing in them are things I see in myself. So I don't want to hate on me. I want to embrace. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't, we all have our faults, I would say, not even faults. I almost hate to say that word, our faults, right? Mm-hmm. It's our, um, we've all gone through stuff. We've all made decisions that weren't maybe the best um, in hindsight, but, and I, you know, it's easy to say, I wouldn't do that or hate that person or be upset at that person, how, how it made you feel. But, you know, I've done the same thing. I've done a lot of the same things. So I don't want to hate me and I don't want to hate her. And so it took a long time to actually understand that mirror, mirror, um, concept, I guess. But boy, it's powerful because I, I can't even tell you, it's like, it's vanished and I'm stunned <laughs> at how it just mm. has changed me. <laughs> yeah, it is so interesting because when I was given that concept, also 
I love how you said I had no clue what this particular piece meant of, you know, whenever someone triggers you, it's something within yourself. I thought, God, that person does X, Y, and Z. I don't even do that. It's the part where you have to look deeper, but it's also the uh, backing up to the surrendering and the willingness and just the faith of, all right, well, I don't know what that person's doing to me. They're pissing me off, but at the same time, being willing to see, as soon as you are willing to see what it is within yourself, you'll see it. If you're not willing, it's not going to happen. So it's the opening, but that opening piece of, all right. I mean, sometimes I can even attest to being so frustrated. Nothing is coming to mind, but just the frustration, the feeling of being so frustrated and so angry at whatever the situation situation was that I would almost say a prayer with my teeth gritted I can remember again I don't remember the situation I just remember sitting on my bed going okay I am so mad but I am willing to see this differently I'm willing to see what it is that I'm doing what part I'm playing and I could just I felt my angst and my anger but I knew in the moment as long as I was willing to see the other side, to see the situation differently, to see how I was contributing, it actually took a weight off immediately. And the situation shifted to where I could see how I was contributing or playing a part in that situation or how the situation was triggering me. So even if it's just a complete nanosecond of willingness, that little piece opens the door to see. But you have to be willing to see what that piece of triggering is, right? Because if you're not, nothing's going to happen. You won't see that piece. Right. And it's, it's not easy to admit because, you know, say you've got the, the person who's always complaining about the same thing over and over. It's like you see, oh, my God, he, the horse has been beaten into the ground, like, enough. Um, <laughs> move on. Get over it. You find yourself encouraging, wanting to say, um, just, you know, don't let it bother you. It's over, you know, things. But again, it's another mirror, mirror moment, right? There are times when I, I have been that way. So what I'm seeing is, oh, you know, I sounded like that sometimes. Think of how I must have looked and felt to other people being around me, you know, complaining, moaning, bitching, you know. So it's like everybody Everything you encounter that's a little off, man, if you can pause and take that home and think on it, there's something good to come out of it. And it will, it will make you want to tweak, whether it's, hey, I'm going to change that behavior. I need to work on that. Maybe I don't need to be with that person. Like something will, will shift, like you said. Something will shift. And so as we talk about shifting and surrendering the next post was about faith and so it's so awesome how when I was putting this this particular episode together this weekend just looking back at all the pieces that flowed together and looking at how I was growing at the beginning of the year towards the middle of the year almost as if it were planned, it almost kind of happened so organically, but as that, as if 
there was a higher power just planning everything because it flowed. Each piece that I needed to learn about flowed into the next piece. So as I was reminded again, uh, my next piece was I got to have faith because I was just surrendering like you and I have just talked about surrendering and being willing and being open to seeing what it is that we are doing that is creating any sort of heartache and pain. And so I was so ready to just have faith about a decision at that point that I was trying to make. I was unclear at that point, the decision on, or or to to making the decision, I couldn't get clear or clarity. I had been asking the universe to help guide me. Is it yes or is it no? And again, I was still expecting, I was still almost in that linear thinking place of, I just need a yes or no answer. When in fact, the universe had a different result for me. And so I had been sitting with the situation for like a week And it seemed like I was getting nowhere. And so I had gone to yoga this particular day. And most of the classes that I go to, when you go in, you just kind of set an intention for the class, for the day. And so I set my intention at the beginning of the class to hear the answers that I had not been hearing. Because I knew at that point, you know, the universe tells you answers all the time. You're just not hearing. You're thinking, you're looking for an answer A when actually the universe is showing you answer D over here. You're just not, you know, allowing it. And so I went into class and set my intention. Within five minutes of being in class, I heard so loud in my head, you need to make a few phone calls first. And so the yes or no answer that I was looking for, I wasn't going to get because that's the only answer I was looking for. Is it yes or is it no? What I got was you need to make a, a few phone calls and you need to do a little bit more research. Then that will help you make your decision. And so it was that piece of reminder again of openness and willingness and having faith and being open to something else other than what I expected. Cause I kid you not. It was like, come on, it's either yes or no. When in fact, there's always a third option, always a third option. And I just wasn't even looking for it or prepared for it. But it was so loud and clear. And it was almost, I almost started chuckling in class when I heard the the voice in my head going, make a few phone calls, then you can make a decision. I thought, oh my God, really? How simple is that? That I have not even explored that option. And so... Man, having that faith in guidance is so key to our journey. Yeah, and that makes me think of um, I the Michael Singer book on Tethered Soul. He talks about um, his whole story was surrendering. He took like this a long period of time, basically surrendered to the opportunities that came to him and just said yes, yes, yes. And if it's like, and why am I doing this? Um, yes, yes, yes. So it's like what you're talking about. Things are coming to you all the time. But if you're willing to kind of listen and take the step and say yes to things as they pop up, it's funny how they do end up working out. See, I would, I, 
for example, like even for me, I have a friend here who's, she's just an amazing kind of mentor. I'd say she's like a mom figure to me. Um, she has been on this journey and she's just taught me so much and exposed me to so many great things. And it was little things, you know, she asked me, do you want to go to this event with me? And I was like, without hesitation. Yes, I'll go. I don't know what it is. I don't know what we're doing, but I'm going huge, huge, huge for me. I mean, we both walked away just like, bam, it changed me. Like there was something that major happened, majorly happened out of that. So I think the surrender, um, not the surrender, but having that faith that what you're doing it does sort of work out if you just listen to the opportunities instead of thinking about it. Sometimes we overthink which way to go or what to do, but then things pop up and you're like, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Or, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Um, and also something else that came up while you're talking about faith is that makes me think of abundance because I was somebody who would think with a lack mindset, and sort of having that faith that it is going to work out, faith that if I spend this money and invest in myself this way, that it will be okay. It feels a little icky, like maybe I shouldn't do it. Because there's times when you and I, like we've invested in classes, we've invested in coaching, we've done a lot, right? So there's mm. a lot of times where you get that feeling, of, should I do this, should I not, should I do this, should I not, contemplate, contemplate, somebody give me an answer, wait for my big sign, wait for my big whack over the head. But it's fine. Now I've just sort of started to say yes to things. I'm like, yes, it's worth it. I, I know in my gut I'm supposed to be doing this. And having faith that it is going to pay off. And every, every time since I've done that, and faith that knowing um, it's going to come back to you. It's like, it's funny. Everything we're talking about so far, it's like, isn't it like this domino thing? You talk about surrender, having gratitude, having faith. You know, when you surrender the outcome and you say yes and take a chance. When you have um, faith that things are going to work out or you have gratitude with it, more gratitude comes. When you have faith that you're taking the right step, comes. And so it's like this whole idea of keep stepping into your truth, keep stepping into your purpose. Surrender to be open to things. You know, be grateful for the journey. Have faith in the outcome. And like everything just starts happening. It's like exciting for me to talk about. And I probably just went off <laughs> a little tangent. But it makes me think of that whole abundance and having faith in it. Like this is going to work out. This is going to be mm. okay. Be open to the answers and where they come from because they don't always, it's not like a the old bolt of lightning, right? The old, hey, it's going to come to me in a flash. Um, yeah, that would be the easy way. <laughs> it's exciting to see how it's freeing, you know, because when you're, you know, you go in there and you're wondering exactly how to move on something. And when you're so open, you have to surrender to be open. And have the faith to hear the answer. You know, it's like how it all works together. Mm. It is. And it's so- how you maneuver. Yeah. And I loved how you just said, you know, following this, following the path, because 
I wrote about that. That was actually the next thing to talk about was follow the yellow brick road. I had such lessons on just following the path exactly like you just said, well, I'll just go with this one and then I'll just go with this one. And so, you know, it was so interesting because at the point where I was like in April of year, I had just finished up uh, my writing course. And so I was immersed in writing the book, but what came in loud and clear was that I needed to take a different course and start um, creating a platform. And I thought at the time, I mean, it's funny now that I look back because I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even know any of this stuff. I thought, God, what is a platform? So I had to learn about that. And so I was really, I kept getting the guidance and the nudging to, okay, just platform, which I'm, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sure you probably know a platform is your social media presence. It's your Facebook and your Instagram and your Twitter and whatever you're doing to get yourself out there in the world. And so as much fun as I was having writing the book, I really did get and understood if I don't have a platform, who is this book going to other than, you know, my 25 immediate family members and my friends, like no one else is going to know who I am or what this book is about. So it was trusting that process and following the next step that, okay, though, even though I just finished this really big book course, I'm not supposed to be fully immersed in the book. And I didn't put it aside, but I probably cut it in half, probably cut my daily writing in half so that I could actually start creating a platform um, and getting myself out in the world. At the time, I had no clue of what it looked like. I had no clue of how to do it. All I knew was I had to just follow that next step uh, in faith, surrender and have faith in what I was doing. So, Julie, I know you can totally talk about following the yellow brick road. Like, you keep following the path. You are great at following the path. Oh, God. (laughs) I have, ever since I decided this is what I'm doing, I'm... I'm committing to change. I know I need to grow. Happened, and I have um, definitely. I think where my hesitation was before is I felt like I was dabbling because I let fear of running away. Um, and but I feel like everything has just plugged along, and I can like I can give you a quick a quick rundown. I mean. When I started on this path, I mean, you and I reconnected. We really, how much have we even spent time together <laughs> in all the years leading up to last year? Right? right. We've, we've, we've met and now we're on this and this connection has happened. And when I say yes to this connection, like I just talked about um, my dear friend Judy at work, adore She was put in my life for a reason. Like I to work it off. So I meet her. I'm, I know that for certain because she's changing her life. And with her, like, again, into things. she does this holistic meditation that I started, um, changed my life. I went to an event with her, huge impact. Everything about me has been an impact. Um, taking the guts and saying, there's a course that I wanted to sign up for. And last year I didn't sign up for it because I didn't want to spend the money. Well, this year I'm all in. We took this, you know, spirit junkie did that. 
you know, I met, um, I met an author friend who I did a mentorship with, Shannon. I um, met a branding coach who helped me just, I redesigned my website. I've completely changed my ideas about things. There's somebody that I've, I follow, I'd followed heavily for years and I loved his story. I love his personality, like everything he stands for. And I thought, gosh, he's such a wise teacher. I'd love to learn from him. And one day I got the newsletter and at the, right at the bottom, one of the last things it said was, Hey, he's opening up to add a couple of clients. And I thought, me, 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 me. Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to like apply for this or whatever, submit. Cause I want to, I want to learn more. And I said, yes, like, I'm just going to do it. And yeah, it, it costs a little money investing in yourself. And it made me shudder just a little bit, but I thought, you know what, this is so worth it. And it has been like all the things that I've invested in. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest fears, like going down this path, it's hard enough, the emotional part of it, right? Being mm-hmm. open to things, um, trying, trying out these new ways of thinking and these new models. But when you open up your world and say yes to things, it's like this flipping snow. It's not even a snowball effect. It's like a damn avalanche, right? <laughs> of people and the coaching has been invaluable to me and really helped me work through so many things that I didn't even know I needed to work on. So there's a, when you just say, I am putting myself first. I am following this because I know this is without a doubt the path I need to be on. It's just going to happen. And with that, and the more I grow and the reason I'm able to do it and continue to do it is because I do have abundance mindset. I do feel surrender, faith, gratitude, all of these things that allows me to say, I'm spending right now, but it's going to be so worth it because I know where I'm going to end up. And I know that I'm going to get it back. Like it's totally okay. And when you can sit there and feel that, I guess, empowered or strongly about it, it's like, you almost feel like I'm doing exactly what I need to do. The problem is a lot of people around you don't understand that. <laughs> you know, they don't think, why would you want to pay for that? Why would you invest in that? You spent how much? Because it's really important to me. And I always, this is the example I use. If I were going back to get my PhD right now, I don't think anyone would squabble over testing because there's this tangible, you know, piece of paper. There's something you can see at the end of it. For me, it's all up here. Like I know the vision I'm going after. I know where I'm going. Not everybody's going to get it. And that's again, where you have to just stand in your power and own it. Like, this is where I'm going. Come with me. me. I don't care. So I like unstoppable, you know, I'm just, I've signed up for the things I want to sign up for. And I know where I'm headed and I know that I need to do these things in order to get there. And they will all come back to me. Well, and I love, I love the um, analogy that you just made to getting your PhD because that segues in perfectly to the next piece of belief work. And I agree with you that the money that you are spending and the investment that you are making, I can relate because the same, like I had, gosh, probably, well, it was when we lived in, in Texas. So it's been 
almost 10, 9, 10 years ago when I had first had my own business, uh, an online like e-magazine. And it was such a crash course. I had 25 people that were working with me, um, contract like employees that were helping me to run this online business. It was a crash course. I remember one person saying like, this is your crash course in a PhD. Like you didn't even realize you were going to get it in running a business. And I thought, gosh, you're so right. Like I don't have to have that piece of paper or that plaque on the wall that says, this is how smart I am. Once I realized that I knew how to do it, it was a belief in myself. And so that belief work that we do on this journey of surrendering and of faith and following the steps, it's also part, the belief piece is also really key because I've realized that for as much of the work that I do, there are still pieces that I had to trace back to childhood on pieces that I wasn't good enough. Like I, as much as I keep moving forward, kept feeling little tugs of, yeah, but I'm still not quite good enough. And so I found that doing belief work, and if this is something that really resonates, you can find belief work through tapping like EFT, um, so many different spiritual leaders um, have their own different types of, of um, belief work. And so just find what resonates with you to find that key piece in you. And so for me, there was still, I found, little pieces um, from childhood of whatever situations came about that told me I wasn't good enough or I, I wasn't able to do what I really thought I was here to do or are you really sure you're going to do that? And so the belief work is also key to moving on this path of the journey that we're on. So I really focused, um, gosh, probably the last six months, I have been really focusing on belief work of those old beliefs that we're still hanging out. And I know I'm far from done because I feel like that's probably something that I will work on continuously as I keep growing, whether it's a really big belief or whether it's just something that's kind of a thorn that just keeps poking. But belief work is a really key component. Um, have you found that you've had Can you say that again? For some reason, it broke up a little bit. Yeah, no, I was just saying, could you, what belief work have you had to do around your growth that you've noticed? Oh, gosh. It's like, um, I don't know that it's normal so much as make, having a different mindset about believing that it's possible. I think that envisioning things has been huge for me, feeling the energy that goes along with those things. Um, just having that sense of, of knowing some meditating has helped me. Never thought I'd be a, a meditation person, but it's helped me because it kind of calms your mind from talking so much and the chatter, giving you all the self doubt and all the mental clutter. Um, so those pieces have been have been big for me. And I just kind of immerse myself in 
material and content that and people that are in that similar way of thinking. And I try to minimize negativity, mindset, lack mindset. That just doesn't jive well with me because it just doesn't happen. I've just seen mm-hmm. too many examples that have proven me, because I was that person before, kind of skeptic. Oh, this is all woo-woo. I don't know. That was me years and years ago, but I've seen it happen. I've seen so many things happen that there's no, it's just made me even have stronger belief um, Mm. and stronger belief in the power of, you know, our mind and envisioning and energy and frequency, which will really, um, really kind of trips people out a little bit, right? We talk about (laughs) vibrational levels and your energy, but um, yeah, when I think for me, it's just stepping in. You just become a believer because you see it. You just see it happen in front of you. I mean, and some of them are so obvious and crazy that I can't even make it up. Mm. I mean, so many instances. Like a quick one. So my friend that I've been talking about at work, she, my second mom, she, um, we were at this event. And we were giving to um, a charitable organization there that they helped um, provide schools for kids over in Africa. Anyway, so I made a donation and it wasn't, wasn't a large donation, hundred, hundred bucks. Right. And she, she just sat as we're sitting there, she goes, Oh, just watch it. She said, what do you give? It'll come back 10 times. Just wait for it. And I just thought, okay, you know, we'll see. I pretty much forgot about it. And randomly, I got a check for $1,000 last week <laughs> for something. Not, and not even my birthday. Like, I was like, this is my 10 times because I came with it. And the, the, it was just no way. Stuff just happened. So mm. I think belief oftentimes, it, it, even if it seems incomprehensible, when you start saying yes and following your path, render doing all these things, I, I think you just become a believer because you see it and you feel it mm. and you just know it. <laughs> mm. Okay, we are going to end up with chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember writing this piece. And again, we only got um, through April. So, but anyway, this I is know. a really good piece. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good piece to end on because I remember we were, um, I, I was doing so much intensive, mindful, conscious work on myself that at some point you do have to just stop and have a break. And so as much as I, because I think we um, almost take it for granted that even though we're doing mindful work, like we're really conscious of letting go and surrendering and how I'm speaking and how I'm speaking to myself, it's just like we're running. Like it's just like we're exercising. It's mental gymnastics that are going on that we have to be taking time out and time off to allow all of this stuff to integrate into our bodies. It's, I, I, I uh, use the analogy of when you're doing yoga, at the very end of yoga, you have to have a savasana for at least two minutes to allow 
everything that you've just done to integrate into your body. And so the same thing is, is when we are learning mentally and emotionally, when we're learning and growing, we have to allow that space to chill out. And I remember there was a weekend that we had zero planned. And usually when that happens, you know, like, oh, okay, well, let's plan to do this or let's go hiking or whatever. And I just remember waking up on Saturday morning and it was a cloudy, dreary day and we didn't have anything planned. We watched movies. We got out of our pajamas at like four o'clock in the afternoon only because I had to take my son somewhere um, for an event. But the day, actually it was like that pretty much the whole weekend, that whole weekend like I, we watched movies, um, I read some, like I sat in my bed for hours while I was watching and reading and stayed in my jammies. It was such a needed respite and break that I didn't realize how much it was going to recharge me until Monday morning came and I felt like I had been on vacation because I allowed myself to just let go and just surrender to the void of nothingness happening, like not having an agenda. I didn't feel like I had to force something to happen. And so when I was done by Monday morning, I felt like, yeah, like I had just come back from, you know, some phenomenal vacation. I was recharged. My brain was fresh. My thinking was fresh, man, that is not overrated. So (laughs) very, (laughs) Yeah, right. It's incredibly necessary. Okay, so in saying that we have got to wrap this up because this is the last podcast of the year. Oh my gosh, because I am going (laughs) because I am going to allow myself uh, some time off. My son is off school. And so I am allowing the next two weeks. So I will be back the first part of January. So Julie, I have so enjoyed you being with me these last two podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I loved it. I will do it anytime. It's always fun. (laughs) Thank you. And to all of our, my listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you have happy holidays and a happy new year. I will see you in the new year. Cheers. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.